Hey there, welcome to MCU Complete Me, the show where we talk about all the Marvel movies and decide if they're good or if they're not good. Uh, I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Luke. You had me at hello. I said hey. God damn it, I'm sick. You had me at hey. <laughs> hey is for horses. And sometimes for cows. Uh, today we're going to talk about the third Captain America film, Civil War, the sequel to Captain America the Winter Soldier. Sh- sure, but also the sequel to Age of Ultron. I mean, it's the sequel to Age of Ultron in the sense that the Winter Soldier is the sequel to the Avengers. In the sense that the entire plot is driven by the events of Age of Ultron, just as much as they're driven by Winter Soldier. Right, Winter Soldier is also driven by Age of Ultron. I'm saying it's a hybrid sequel. I think it is the third Captain America film, and the Avengers also play a large role in it, much as, say, Iron Man plays a very large role in Spider-Man Homecoming, I, I, I think that's a ridiculous. movie. I think that's a ridiculous thing to think. This is just the third Avengers movie, with a spotlight on Captain America and Thor's not here. Hulk's not here either. Okay, fine, but you know who is here? Fucking Scarlet Witch, The Vision, Hawkeye... Okay, but like the thing about Batman, Spider-Man, Black Panther. Thing about the first two Avengers movies is that like you know you you kind of had like multiple main characters, right? Sure. And here, you know, Captain America's the main character, and Iron Man's the deuteragonist. You're making a lot of assumptions about how coherent this movie is as a narrative. It's. Oh, man, I think it's a pretty good movie. I think this movie is a flaming turd. This might be my least favorite so far. It's a tough race between this one and Ultron. Wow, that bad, huh? I hate this movie, Crystal. In many ways, it is a... I mean, if you consider it an Avengers film, it's a very... uh, It takes a different tack than Ultron does. It does, yeah, that's true. But you still hate it. I still hate it. You just you miss Loki. <laughs> yep, that's the problem. Not enough Loki. Ugh. Well, I mean, tell me your history and relationship with this film. Is this your first time watching it? No, I've seen it before. This was another part of that time. I binge-watched a bunch of them over the course of a few days. I think this was the one that finally made me throw up my hands and say, Nope, not again. No more. I wish Ultron was like, well, that sucked. Maybe they course-corrected. Let's watch Civil War. Oh, nope, it's worse. Never mind. In my mind, this is actually more of a Captain America movie than The Winter Soldier is. In what way? Uh, because Captain America, the plot is more focused on Captain America and his his personal stuff and Bucky. Like, th- this is the Bucky movie. Winter sure, Soldier is like the prologue to the Bucky movie. No, that's true. I'll give you that. Bucky is very central in this movie. I don't know. It's uh, Honestly, that's a distinction that I'm not that interested in, you know, uh, uh, arguing for or against because I just don't think it's a good movie either way. Okay, fair enough. It's either a bad <laughs> Captain America movie or a bad Avengers movie. Here's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it's not a Captain. I think it's kind of both. And in some ways, I think that's the problem. I think it's like overstuffed in a way that like if this movie was more focused focused and knew what the fuck it wanted to be about it might be an okay movie i think it has a pretty good idea of what it wants to be about oh i super don't (laughs) well i mean let's get into it i guess let's get into it we begin in 1991 yeah in the frozen north of russia yeah which we'll learn later is in siberia yeah yeah a, a Soviet man is is going to a special room where there's a special book. Yeah, and he's awakening the Winter Soldier. That Winter guy we've we've seen so much of and, and heard so much about. He's he's reading him off a bunch of like keywords that make him go all like you know Manchurian candidatey. Longing, rusted, seventeen, daybreak, furnace, nine, 
benign homecoming one fright car i think it's really cool how even in the first scene of the movie they're like foreshadowing spider-man homecoming with that list yeah. of keywords that's a really cool bit of storytelling they did right at the top and they're like foreshadowing the 17th movie in the marvel cinematic universe uh-huh, uh-huh. is that spider-man uh hold on. Um, oh well <laughs> this is thir- this is 13 so doctor strange is 14 okay guardians is 15 so spider-man 16. 16 thor 17 okay okay yeah you know because thor's on this movie so you gotta have a little tease uh, right exactly <laughs> <laughs> get longing also you're longing for a thor film right they're actually they, it looks like they're mind controlling bucky but really they're mind controlling the audience to keep watching these shitty movies <laughs> furnace because it opens in muscleheim uh-huh, which is like uh-huh. a fiery place sure freight car and it's just like oh man i should go rewatch the first captain america that was a better movie than this one nine because the ninth film was captain america the winter soldier yeah and also they were just a big fan of tim burton's nine benign because these films are pretty benign wait was nine that movie with like the little puppet guy yeah okay one call back to iron man who's also in this film wait no nine was that musical movie with like fucking daniel day lewis oh no there's two there's one where it's spelled out and that's the musical and there's one where it's just the number and that's the the animated one right wikipedia distinguishes the live action film and the animated film and they both came out in 2009 great job guys hence the name Like, when else are you going to release that movie? Yeah, clearly. I feel like that's the thing we really have moved away from in, like, the 20-teens is, you know, trying to secure, like, fun dates for your movie. Assassin's Creed 3 is the last one I can think of where they're like, you know, the climax is going to happen on the Mayan Apocalypse, December 21, 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to get this game out in 2012, guys. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, like, the, the Omen remake came out, like, June 6, 2006, because that's funny. Yeah, that's on a, a Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway. So the the Sovietman tells Bucky he's got he's gotta kill a target. Yeah. So he waits at the side of the road with his motorcycle and he he shoots a car. Yes. And he goes into the car trunk and there's some weird blue packets in it. Yeah. He takes them. Aren't those the packets that like uh, well, I guess you know listen, there's a lot of goops in these movies. It my thinking was that it was the stuff they gave to the fucking uh abomination. But maybe not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I would think this is probably Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen, like, shots of this moment before, haven't we? When it, we thought it was just a car crash? I don't think we've seen shots of this moment. Okay, maybe I'm... They mentioned that... Maybe I'm that things up. certain characters died in a car crash. Sure, sure. Being Iron Man's parents. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we're being cagey about that. Yeah, Bucky kills Iron Man's parents. Right. And yes, yeah, this is already basically implied in the in the Winter Soldier. Right. Steal some blue goo. Now it's goo. a major plot point. Yeah. Uh, but steal some blue goo, and then we cut to Lagos, where uh, I like Scarlet Witch is like sitting at a table trying to be like indistinct, and I like that she's just copying Steve's like uh, incognito outfit, just a baseball cap and a jacket. Right. The standard Marvel incognito. Outfit. Right. That's how you know that someone is unrecognizable. <laughs> She's missing sunglasses. That's true, which will be Bucky's fatal flaw later in this film. So again, foreshadowing. You know what I'm wrong? This movie's a work of art. So the Avengers are here. It's there's Steve and Wanda and Black Widow and Falcon. Vision and and uh and Rhodey aren't here. Right, yeah. They're playing Xbox. Yep, yep. But they're trying to target Brock Rumlow. Yeah, who was the he was one of the guys from Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, he's crossbones. Okay, yeah. It's like he, he's not he's not like a, a super villain. Sure. He's just like a, a regular ass terrorist. Right. And the Avengers have decided to uh invade Nigeria. 
illegally. Uh-huh. Yeah, they sure have. Instead of like just like alerting the Nigerian military, yeah, that there's a guy here. Uh huh. Th- that's one of the problems I think there is in this movie that we'll get into more as we go. It definitely sets this up as like, oh, this complicated moral conflict, but like, no, they're just wrong. Like this is they just randomly invade sovereign nation. Right. That's why they disbanded the Avengers in the first movie. Right. But here, here comes the danger of a standing army. Right. Is that you find reasons to use it, yeah. even when they're not. Very good. I seem to remember, wasn't Steve the one against that idea? Yeah. Huh, weird. Well, you know, it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. is dead, so it's like, well, the Avengers are going to be the new S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. But smaller this time, so less prone to corruption. Uh-huh. But he got bored, and now he's just doing, right. like, regular terrorist stuff. This is what corruption looks like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're spying out this area. They see a garbage truck. Uh, uh, Sam, like, deploys a little drone to go, like, examine it, and it's, like, at max weight, and the driver's got a gun, and they realize they're going to use that garbage truck to ram their target, which is, like, some disease research facility. They're going to steal a biological weapon. Yes. Which I guess they have here in Lagos. I guess, you know. Well, Wakanda's here. I guess maybe they were... Re- I'm not sure. It's not clear. <laughs> Wakanda's pretty far from here. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Africa's a big continent. No, of course it is. I don't know where Wakanda is geographically. They mentioned that, like, there's Wakandans here doing, like, an outreach mission, so I assumed it was nearby. Wakanda's more near near uh, Lake Victoria. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, they ram the gate, and uh, the Avengers jump in and start start doing a real big dust-up. Yeah, they're, they're fighting Falcons using his special bird, robot bird. Yeah. What's it called? His like name Red, Red Wing. Red Wing, yeah. Natasha doesn't want to say hi to it because it's a robot. Right. You know, she doesn't like robots because of Ultron. Oh, sure. Or maybe just because, like, it's a weird robot. Yeah. Uh, Wanda's, you know, Wanda's getting trained. She lifts Steve up with her magic powers so he can get in the building and punch him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they punch a bunch of people, but the uh, crossbones gets away with the, the, the vial of, like, deadly, deadly virus. Yeah. Uh, and they escape in a truck after, you know, a whole bunch of punch. I'm trying to remember if there was anything, like, especially worth calling out here other than, you know, the basic beats of it. Yeah, this is good action from Black Widow. It's all right. She kicks and flips. Yeah, she gets to do, like, a super version of her, like, neck-breaking thigh attack where she, like, gets two guys at once with it. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point, it comes down to mano y mano, crossbones, and Captain America. Yeah. And Captain America's got him down. Right. But then Crossbones mentions, you know, he knew you. Your pal, your buddy, your Bucky. <laughs> yeah. Cap's uh-huh. like, what'd you say? Where, where is he? Where's my boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and he uh, gets distracted. Yeah. Right. So Romo's able to activate uh, the bombs attached to him. Right. And then Scarlet Witch uses her powers to try and like lift him up into the sky so he can explode harmlessly. It, right. it, it is a cool she, look where like he starts to explode, but she's like containing the fire around him. Yeah. Kind of neat looking. But uh, she doesn't lift him fast enough, and she just blows up a building with him. Yeah, she lifts him into the air, but then he explodes in midair. Uh, uh-huh. And takes out that building where there are civilians inside. Right. I wanted just like, oh, jeez. Yeah, she's she's pretty horrified at what she did. I goofed it up. <laughs> oh, man, a real, real goof up on this one. Which, I mean, uh, I, I understand why she feels bad. Yeah. I would feel bad. Uh, sure. Uh, that bomb would have exploded on the ground and killed just as many people if she wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, for sure. 
But, uh, you know, the, the specific people that died, died because of what Wanda did. Like, like you said, I would also feel very bad if I was responsible for that. Right. But, uh, yeah, they all kind of just leave, right? Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they feel bad, but hey, they saved the day, even though a bunch of people died, so what are you gonna do? They did get away with the virus. Oh, did they? Yes. You're right, they did. That doesn't come back in this movie. So, ultimately, they didn't accomplish very much at all. Yeah. How many balls are in the air right now? Because, okay, the the Hydra guy got away with, uh, like, the shrinking serum in Ant-Man. Right. And now this vial of deadly disease got stolen. Are, are there any other things that they just haven't bothered to pay off yet? Uh, the Red Skull. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, he died, though, right? Like, I know that that's something's gonna happen in Infinity War, but... Sure, well, it, it was always, it was always ambiguous. People were like, maybe the Red Skull will come back. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Along with all this other Hydra stuff. I want there to be an after credit scene where there's just a hilarious mix-up where somehow they, the Hydra confuses which vial is which. Do you think they hired a new guy to play Red Skull in Infinity War so that they could bring him on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6? Uh, I mean, I guess that would make sense. I don't know who played him in Captain America or why they that wouldn't be an option. Hugo Weaving. Okay, yeah, that wouldn't be an option. <laughs> yeah, he's he's too good for TV. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna pay Hugo Weaving's not doing it for TV money. Um, yeah, bring all that stuff, all the stuff back in Agents of Shield. Sure. What? what? No, don't just like pay off the narrative balls you toss in the air in your own fucking movies. I don't. Why don't you uh. read the Time comics? Why don't you? Uh. <laughs> just make a, just make the movies right. <laughs> so we cut to a scene in Christmas 1991 at the uh-huh. Stark home. Yeah, yeah. Maria Stark is playing the piano. Tony's sleeping on the couch and his dad wakes him up and gives him a hard time. Yeah. And then they, they go to leave. <clears throat> right. And they, they walk, like his dad walks out of frame and uh, his mom like takes him aside and says like, hey, you know what's going to happen. Say something or you'll never get the chance to. So he tells his dad he loves him. And then the whole scene freezes and like present day Tony Stark is in the background and starts talking about how like, that's how I wish it happened. But it didn't. I've made this a whole VR situation so I can try and reach some kind of catharsis about my relationship with my parents. Anyway, I'm just doing self-therapy on this stage at MIT. How's it going, everybody? Uh, so they, it's, it's called The Barf. Yeah. Uh, this is supposed to play a big role in Avengers 4. They're just setting it up. Uh, uh... <laughs> what? Just, that's not how movies whatever, work. Look, whatever, this is fine. It, you, got, you, gotta, you gotta bring back Tony's relationship with his parents to set that up. Sure, I just, yeah. This one, I'm, not, yeah, sure. I'm less mad about this one because it feels self-contained enough that it's whatever. Yeah, so Tony's like, listen, I'm gonna give y'all a bunch of money so you can do your stuff. Yeah, he gives every student there a grant to work on their project. And then uh, the dean from Community is backstage and wants money for his self-cooking hot dogs. Pepper Potts was supposed to be here, but she didn't show. And also, Tony and her are on a break. Yeah. We were on a break! (laughs) Hey, she... Wait, no, she wasn't. I was about to say she was on that show, but that's a lie. No, she's not on that show. Nope, got her confused for someone else. I don't know actress names or actor names. I'm dumb. Anyway, Tony goes down uh, stairs or whatever. 
And there was a woman just standing at the elevator who's like, oh, wow, you gave a lot of money away. They say that being charitable is the same thing as being greedy or being guilty. Anyway, my son died in Sokovia in, in Avengers 2. That sucks. Yeah. You're, you're an asshole. Bye, loser. Now, this woman's played by Alfre Woodard, who also played uh, Mariah Dillard in Luke Cage. Okay. I guess they're twins. Sure. Sure. There's there's just a little bit of a, a deep lore for you. You know, sometimes people look similar. They don't have to be related. I mean, they look exactly the same. Sure, I mean, you know. As they are the same person. Right. <laughs> so I would say they are twins separated at birth. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm, like, coughing and hacking this whole time. I'm very sick. That's okay. You don't have to apologize for being sick. All right. I'm just worried about it not being that great of a listener experience. And so it- she's just there to, to give him a pamphlet about the Sokovia Accords. It's coming. Yeah. He's been summoned. You've been served. Right. And then uh, where do we go next? This is like Cap and Scarlet Witch feeling sad. Yeah, they're watching TV back at Avengers HQ in New York. Yeah. And TV's like, listen, 11 people died, including some like uh, some like Wakandan outreach people. Right. And it's basically, this is just a fight between the Avengers and the mercenaries. And the Nigerian government didn't know about it. So like, fuck. Yeah, they're like, hey, not the best look that some Americans just went to this country and killed some people. That's not ideal. Maybe there ought to be something that doesn't let that happen, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah. Wanda's feeling bad, and Cap's like, listen, you know, you know sometimes in this job, uh, people are going to die. Yeah. And and you, you can't save them all. Right. But you got to find a way to live with that for next time. Right. He's just like, hey, more people would have died if we hadn't been there, which I think is untrue, considering they got away with the virus. Right. I'm pretty sure they did nothing but make it worse. Yeah. So, you know, not great. Uh, but then the Vision walks through the wall, and the single funniest part of this movie is how the Vision is constantly wearing, like, sweaters with collared shirts underneath. Yeah, he's trying out clothes. This is ridiculous red god mecha man wearing just, like, summer casual wear. It's great. He doesn't understand privacy, because you're supposed to use the door. Right. And even if the door is open, that does not imply that it's cool to face through the wall. Right. Uh, but It's complicated. Yeah. Uh, so he lets them know that Tony Stark and the Secretary of State is there to see General him. Ross. Oh, dang. It's Thunderbolt Ross. That, that's, that's a good poll. Yeah, I agree. To bring back. Yeah. So Secretary Ross explains five years ago he had a heart attack playing golf. Right. And after that, he calmed down, so he's not so mad all the time. Right. Anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he talks, he basically just says, like, hey, you know what? The Avengers have done a lot of cool stuff, but uh, you also get a lot of people killed and have no oversight by anybody whatsoever. What would you call a group of U.S.-based enhanced individuals who routinely ignore sovereign borders and afflict their will wherever they choose and who, frankly, seem unconcerned about what they leave behind? Yeah, good question. And he plays a bunch of clips of of New York and Washington, D.C. and Sokovia and Lagos where, you know, people died as collateral damage from their stuff. Right, Uh uh-huh. Now, New York's not not really on them, I don't feel. No, New York's a little unfair. Lagos, 100% the way we just talked about it. Sokovia especially, that's just 100% Tony Stark's fault. It's his fault there was a problem to solve in the first place. Yes. 
and Steve is like putting up a defense, just saying like, "Hey, we're just trying to make the world a better place. We're trying." And Ross is like, "Hey, do you know where Thor or Hulk are right now? Cause like, if I was unable to account for some nukes, I would be in a lot of trouble." Now that's a that's this is a bit of an unfair comparison. A little bit. They are not nukes. They are uh, people. That's very true. As Ross continues, listen, it's been four years that we've allowed you to operate with unlimited power and no supervision. But the governments of the world can no longer tolerate this. So we've drafted up a resolution. Yeah. The Sokovia Accords, proved by 117 countries. That's a reference to Halo. (laughs) (laughs) It states that the Avengers shall no longer be a private organization. Instead, they'll operate under the supervision of a United Nations panel, only when and if that panel deems it necessary. Yes. So, and three days from now, the UN's going to meet in Vienna to ratify the accords. Right. So we should probably talk about it a little bit. I, I have I have said multiple times here. I'm not like a comics person really, but I remember when Civil War was happening and like comics friends I had generally just being very mad about it because I don't think it was very good from what I understand. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I don't know if you like have read Civil War or whatever. I haven't read it. Okay. Because I think the the conflict in that is more like it's about like they have superheroes have to register with the government and like reveal their secret identities and be like government agents it's similar but it's not like quite the same thing right yeah uh and yeah i guess it just kind of turns into just dumb stuff it seems like there's a germ of a good idea in that concept and right. i know they've done a civil war too which i don't know anything about at all i don't even know like what people think of it but it seems like they keep really wanting to like be like no guys it's a good idea honest and just never quite nail in it no they're not doing it good yeah i so okay here's the thing about this yeah. They did not just write these accords. These have been cooking for probably years. Right, now. that is a book. Like, they've been drafting this for a long time. It, it seems, perhaps in bad faith, to just throw this on them as soon as it becomes, uh, as soon as you get a convenient opportunity to. That's fair. Sure. Okay. This is a discussion that they should have been part of from the beginning. Yeah, well, I mean, Black Widow did just, like, tell everyone to fuck off, like, a few years ago. That's true, she did do that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they didn't really want to be part of the conversation. Like, it was not that long ago that they were just like, hey, you know what, we got superpowers, so eat my, you know, eat my shit. Uh, but yeah, so they're just basically told that they can either sign this and keep being Avengers working for the United Nations, or they can retire, because superheroism is going to be illegal after the Accords are signed. I mean, it was already illegal, right. but now they're, they're going to, like, enforce it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think it just cuts straight to them, like, arguing about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rhodey is completely on board. He's like, yeah, there should probably be someone having oversight over us. That makes sense. Right, Rhodey was on board back in Iron Man 2, and he was like, right. make Iron Man part of the government. Right, exactly. Um, uh, Sam Wilson is very against it. Uh, I think, uh, I almost said Scarlett Johansson, Scarlet Witch, I think is kind of undecided, but she still feels real bad about those people she killed. Uh, I think Black Widow's kind of on the fence also. Vision is on Tony, uh, on, you know, the side of this. And then the big two are like, Steve is against it and Tony's for it. Because Tony's sad about that boy that he got shown a picture of. Yeah, it's like, we we killed this kid while we were kicking ass in in the age of Ultron. Right. So we gotta be put in check. Right. Uh, And Steve's point, the reason he's against it, is that he doesn't like the idea of people telling him when he can't help people. He doesn't like the idea that like, oh, what if they want to use us as soldiers and have to go in and do something that like we're not morally okay with or 
we feel like we need to intervene and help people, but they won't let us. Which is fair, because yeah. you remember in Avengers 1, the World Security Council did try to nuke New York. They did try to nuke New York, that is true. And also S.H.I.E.L.D., who was kind of in this position before, right. uh, went very bad. That's also true. I, I do think it's a little different because S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, America. At least I think they are. It's not clear. The U.S. government's right that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s place in the chain of command is not clear. I mean, this this UN panel is also basically gonna be America. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, but his other point is like, you know, if we sign this, we're not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. Not now. That part I don't understand because it seems like signing this document is taking responsibility for your actions. Well, what he's saying is like, let, let's say something like this happens again. Right. Then, like the Avengers are not the ones held at fault like they are now. Yeah, but, like, that's not true. It just gives them a mechanism to, like, punish them. But they have that mechanism now. That, do they? Because it doesn't seem like they do, considering they're signing a law to make one. The, it's, you arrest them. Yeah, but they, they have not done that at all. Well, they're about to. Yeah, once the Accords are, like, in effect. Right. This is where I'm saying this movie is a little confusing to follow. They, they, they always had the capacity to arrest them. They just chose not to because, well, they, they've been mostly good, I guess. Right. Now, say, now what they're saying is we're going to start arresting you for stuff now. Uh, so you can either work with us sure. or continue operating illegally. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. And Steve, what Steve is saying is like, I, I would rather operate illegally right. and be arrested if I mess up yeah. than operate as part of this panel. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 Crystal, it's the Civil War, so who do you side with? Captain America. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, I, go ahead. I, I, well, it's like he says... Yeah, I know we're not perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. Sure. I I don't know if the the exact solution this movie shows is the correct one, but I do agree they need some kind of check on them. I don't think General Ross is the one to lead that initiative. Maybe not, but like, I don't know. It just seems, yeah, you know, it, it, and something I think this movie really drops the ball on is I think it fails to make this a compelling argument because very soon this is going to be background noise against the actual thing, which is that Captain America just really wants to help Bucky at the expense of everybody else. Right. This is like not actually, this is like a background plot of the movie. Right. This isn't actually what the movie's about, even though it's what it's called. Right. Th this, and this movie the marketing is very much focused on that being what it's about. Right. I remember watching Fox News with my dad, where they had a table of panelists, just, you know, it's kind of the light, fluffy part of the of the news hour, uh, arguing about, or, you know, discussing, like, well, whose side would you take? And everyone would be like, well, obviously, government control is always bad and always makes things bad, so, of course, Captain America's right. Now, what I will say is I would like to see Steve have a little more thorough discussion about how to prevent something like Lagos from happening again. Right. Rather than just, ah, we'll do better next time. Yeah, yeah, And what I'm saying is I, I think I, I'm okay with the idea that there are people he can get dragged in front of to be forced to have that conversation, you know? Right. As opposed to just, well, I'm a good guy, so it's okay what I do because I'm a good guy and I do good. Talk to the Nigerian government next time. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. Anyway, we cut to Cleveland. 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 And uh, there's just some guy eating at a table. He's got kind of a messy house. And uh, there's a car crash outside. Yeah, and the guy comes in like, ah, oh, geez, sorry, I goofed up. Can yeah. we maybe, like, uh, you know, handle this ourselves? No right. cops? I mean, you can call the cops if you want. That's your right. The guy's like, no, no cops. 
And he answers the door and immediately gets attacked. Because this guy is uh, Helmet Zemo, our new bad guy for this movie. Yeah, and the, this guy's house. This guy was a Soviet Hydraman. Yeah. Is Helmet Zemo a guy from the comics? Yeah, Zemo in the comics is a Hydraman. But okay. here he's just a Sokovian military man. Right, yeah. He is He is explicitly not pro-Hydra. Uh, he is played by the Nazi guy from Inglorious Bastards. Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. He's pretty good. I like him as an actor. Yeah, he's a good villain. Yeah. Uh, he strings this guy up upside down with his head in the sink. And uh, finds a bunch of documents, including the book full of code words for the Winter Soldier. He's like, listen, tell me what happened that night in December 1991. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you don't tell me, I can still find out. This is going to be, like, way easier for me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy tells him to go to hell, so he just drowns him in his sink. It's not a nice way to drown a person either, because his nose is underwater, but his mouth isn't. Ah, he's Nazi. Yeah, no, fuck him. I agree. I'm just saying. Yeah, so we've, we've, we've got our bad guy. He's doing bad stuff. Who could he be? This mysterious stranger. We'll, fi- we'll probably find out as we go. Oh, this is when they argue about the courts. Yeah, yeah. I'm skipping ahead in this film. Uh, we cut to London because uh, as they were arguing, Steve got a text. Oh, right, yes. Peggy has passed away in her sleep. Yeah. Because she was very old. Yeah, true. So yeah, they <clears throat> we see Peggy's funeral. Uh, Steve is one of the pallbearers. And uh, finds out that Sharon from uh, Winter Soldier was Peggy's niece all along. Boy, they really keep struggling to give Sharon something to do. They sure do. Also, a little weird that, like, Nick Fury at some point was like, Yeah, you really like Peggy. I don't know. You're your niece. You go fuck him. Uh, this was the same man who set up Black Widow to enter a romantic relationship with the Hulk. That's right. I forgot that Nick Fury, underneath it all, really just wants to be a good matchmaker for superheroes. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> That's his real passion. <sighs> but yeah, Sharon gives a speech uh, that I remember like comic nerds being mad about because I think some of this dialogue is stuff that Steve Rogers says in the comics. And it's like, oh, why couldn't he say it? Yeah, this is a, this is a famous speech. Yeah. She said, you know, compromise where you can, but where you can't, don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right. Yeah. Even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree. Look him in the eye and say, no, you move. Yeah. I like that they change it so it's something Peggy said. Yeah. And I think it'll be really cool if someday they do a movie, well, you know. Steve Rogers might not be a character in these movies much longer. We're like, he reprises that line and it's coming from him. That would be a really nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he finds out that, yeah, Sharon was was Peggy's niece all along. And then uh, Black Widow comes in and says, like, you know, seems like most of the Avengers are kind of on board with the Accords. Uh, Scarlet Witch is still kind of iffy. Uh, Sam's a no, but, you know, a lot of them are yeses. And she wants to see if he'll come, but she knows he won't. He just doesn't. She just doesn't want him to be alone because it's a sad day for him. Yeah, Clint. Clint didn't sign, but because he says he's retired. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. It, I like that uh, Black Widow and Steve are just friends. Yeah, it's nice. Tasha says, you know, just because this is the path of least resistance doesn't mean it's the wrong path. Right. It's more important for us to stay together right now. Yeah. But Steve says, no, I, I, I will not sign it. Right. Uh, so we cut to Vienna. We do cut to Vienna. The, okay, we need to talk for a moment about the weird, like, title cards this movie uses for all the different location changes. Mm-hmm. I don't... Do they... Have they done this before? Or it's just these giant, pointy block letters every time there's a, like, different city we're in. No, it's only in this movie. It felt very, like... I don't know, intrusive. Like, I noticed it, I noticed it more than I think you're supposed to notice that kind of thing in a movie. I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's, it is, listen, in the grand scheme of things, that's a nitpick. But, you know. Uh, but, yeah, they are, you know, getting ready to sign the Accords. Uh, Black Widow meets the King of Wakanda, whose name I do not remember. 
King T'Chaka. Okay, yeah. And Prince T'Challa's also there. Right, T'Challa's also there. They kind of have a conversation. And T'Challa's like, you know, I appreciate this gesture, but man, I hate politics because like two people in a room could solve everything. But like a hundred people in a room, oh, you'll never get anything done. I'm, I'm, I I like a monarchy, not democracy. It is almost literally Anakin Skywalker's politics talk from uh, the second pro prequel <laughs> movie. <laughs> And then T'Chaka comes in and says, unless you need to move a piano. Yeah. Which is a good dad joke. It is a good dad joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but... So T'Chaka and T'Challa have a little conversation. T'Chaka's like, you know, even though you disapprove of diplomacy, you're getting pretty good at it. And I'm proud of you. And you've grown up to be a good man. And you're going to make a fine king. This is going to be a great movie in a year or two. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, T'Chaka gets up and is giving a speech about, you know, how Wakanda has been this very secluded country for a long time, but they, they're not going to let the setbacks of, of what happened in Lagos stop them from trying to reach out to the world. And, you know, they're happy about the accords being signed. And meanwhile, T'Challa sees outside some some suspicious stuff. And then, like, some kind of dogs barking at a van. Yeah. And then a bomb goes off. Yeah. T'Chaka is killed. So, uh, uh, Steve and Sharon have the conversation, like, uh, you know, Aunt Peggy's the one who got me into S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And don't worry, she didn't know that I was spying on you, because I didn't want her to have to keep another secret from you. Right, right. But then they're interrupted by the TV, telling them that they they found a video of James Buchanan Barnes blowing up the U.N. building. Sorry. <laughs> All right, my face decided not to sneeze. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they get, like, this grainy photo of Barnes at the scene. Now, I know a lot of people have an issue with them, like, immediately just jumping to Barnes like this. Uh-huh. Also, this is absolutely what they would do. Uh, what do you mean? Like, yes, face mask technology exists, but whatever, they have a suspect, they're gonna chase down that suspect. Oh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. It's a little silly to me, like, eh, the fact that Winter Soldier happened mitigates this pretty significantly, but it is funny to me that, like, in that one, it's like, oh, he's a nobody. No, he never existed and this one's like oh hey this guy here that's the winter soldier you know that guy that does all those secret assassinations well yeah she black Widow released the files you know what that is true that's right you know what you got you got me there so yeah nobody nobody's gonna give the benefit of the doubt to bucky they know him as a hydra terrorist yeah yeah no i i agree completely steve's like i have to get to work yeah. So then uh, T'Challa and Black Widow are having a conversation as he's sort of sitting on the bench with his father's blood still over him, uh, uh. fidgeting with his ring. Right. He talks about the Wakandan afterlife. Yes. Where his father will enter a field with Boston segments and he can run forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Black Widow says like, oh, that sounds very peaceful. And uh, T'Challa's like, my father thought so, but I don't. And I'm king now. So I'm just going to go kill this guy. See ya. I'll kill him myself. You know how we're like, we're all here because you guys like did a bunch of like murders in a foreign country that you weren't allowed to. Anyway, go, go kill this guy. Bye. Yeah. I mean, no, T'Challa is definitely, I mean, I don't think T'Challa actually cares much about no, that's the fair. accords. That's entirely fair. He's mostly just like, listen, don't fucking kill Wakandans. Yeah. And in being even more fair, uh, like if your dad gets murdered, maybe that changes your opinion about things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's an unreasonable character beat. It just, I don't know, stood out to me. Uh, he wants revengeance. He does want revengeance. 
Um, so I'm trying to think of what happens next. Steve, right. Steve calls Natasha is like, listen, I'm going to go save Bucky. Back in that cap and sunglasses. Yes. The exact costume for Winter Soldier. Natasha's like, please don't. You're only going to make this worse. I like to think that, you know, Natasha helped him, you know, disguise himself that day. And he is so, like, unconfident about his ability to, like, be sneaky that he's just like, this is the exact outfit she picked out. This one works. I can't change anything about it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's also like, hey, I'm going to go after Bucky. See ya. Steve Steve goes into a coffee shop with Sam, who's wearing the exact same outfit also. <laughs> he's got a different colored he's hat. like, slightly different colors. <laughs> Yeah, Sam has a red hat and Steve has a blue one. They're still in their superhero colors. And Sam's like, listen, I understand he's your best friend, but if you do this, you're also kind of endangering me. So, you know, consider that. Yeah. Also, like, this is the exact sort of thing that was, like, the reason that they were in that building in the first place. Maybe don't try to make this worse. But uh, Uh, then Sharon comes in and gives them a file, the strongest lead they have as to the location of the Winter Soldier. Right. And Sam's like, well, okay, fine. I I am your other best friend. Right. I'll do this. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, I cannot afford for you to go back to your old boyfriend. Uh, Then we cut to Zemo in his hotel room. He's, like, teaching himself how to, like, phonetically say the code words. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he gets a knock on the door from uh, the very nice, like, like maid or whatever at this hotel that's got his the same breakfast he orders every single day, just bacon and coffee. And the camera pans over to some kind of weird electrical device in his closet. Yeah, because he won't let her come inside to, like, serve him the breakfast. He would prefer not to. Right. So Bucky's buying some some fruits in, uh, where is this? Bucharest. Bucharest. But his his face is all over the papers. Right. And, like, some guy at a newsstand sort of, like, makes eye contact with him and he gets skittish and runs away. And Bucky realizes, oh, shit, I got the baseball cap for the jacket. I forgot to get sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah, this would screw them. Yep. So Steve goes into Bucky's apartment and opens his diary like a creep. Right, yeah, and just sees his own name with, like, hearts drawn around it. Turns around and Bucky's there. Oh, dang. Wait, what was the intel? I guess just the intel that he was in Bucharest. Yeah, that this is his, his apartment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and they talk and uh, Steve is trying to get Bucky to admit that he remembers him. And Bucky's just like, no, I, I went to the museum about you and I, I know about that stuff. I'm not, I'm not in love with you or anything like that. Um, and before they can resolve this sexual tension, a bunch of SWAT guys break in. Right. Steve says, you know, the people who think you did the bomb are coming here and they're, they're not going to take you alive. And Bucky's response is, that's smart. Good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> Steve's like, this doesn't have to end in a fight, Buck. And he says this cool guideline. Yeah. It always ends in a fight. No, but like you could literally just put your hands up and then like. No, no, I mean, Steve's right. They're not. They're not going to take him alive. Uh, I, you know, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I understand Steve not being willing to roll the dice on that one. Yeah, oh, yeah that's fair. That's fair. There's a very good chance they're just going to kill him. But then, him. like, what's Steve here to do? Like, what, what, what is, in Steve's world, what is the ideal resolution of this situation? Well, he's for now, he's going to take him to a safe place and then figure it out later. All right. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but then the, the SWAT guys burst in and we get a fight in, like, the stairwell of this apartment building. And Steve says, don't, don't kill him. Yeah. And Bucky all, almost kills him. He's like, ah, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I do like, this was the thing in Winter Soldier 2 that I think I commented on. I love that every time he moves his metal arm, they put in, like, you know, techno noises. Yeah. It's the loudest metal arm. It's a very loud metal arm. Not good for stealth. No. There's a point where Bucky just, uh, like, 
sinks his arm into the floor and pulls out his go bag yeah. and jumps out the window. Yep, yep. And then, uh, yeah, like, Cap ends up following him. Uh, trying to think what else happens here. There's, like, I think Sam gets involved in this once they're outside. It's, you know, it's an all right action scene. Yeah, but then the Black Panther shows Oh, right, up. yes. He's got good claws, and he's going to scratch Bucky up real nice. Yeah, they have a big old fight. Black Panther's fun to watch fight because he's just very, like, athletic. Like, very, like, um acrobatic. Yeah. He's a cat. Right. But, um, but you know, he's not Scarlett Johansson's. They don't feel the need to turn every single attack he does into trying to crush your head with his, like, luscious thighs. Right. They don't position the camera so you can clearly see his tits and ass at the same time. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's just a little more fun to watch, even though it's a similar type of fighting. Uh, Steve, there's a, there's a good shot where Steve, like, steals a man's car and he's just, like, so rigid as he does it. Yeah. There's a bit, okay, there's a helicopter shooting at them. And Sam comes in and kicks the tail of it to make it lose control. And then they just cut away. And they do get shot at by a helicopter later. I'm not convinced it's the same helicopter. You don't think so? You think they could have got control back? I guess. It just seemed, it seemed for a while there like Sam just murdered those people. Ah, you know, they're, they're, yeah. So the, the chasing, (laughs) they're chasing each other through the city and gets onto the highway. Right. Yeah. Steve steals a car and T'Challa hijacks a car and Bucky kicks a guy off a a motorcycle. Right. And sort of spins it around and gets on it in one cool slow-mo Yeah, it's neat looking. Uh, There's like shots of them like outrunning the cars on the highway, which is, you know, that's cool looking. Yeah, because they're they're super soldiers all very fast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a part where Bucky breaks himself, uses like uses his arm as a brake yeah. to do a drift. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. But they all get caught. They all get surrounded by the cops, and then the uh, a war machine comes in, says, "Congratulations, Cap, you're a criminal." Uh huh. Yeah. He. I mean, yeah. He sure is. He, he is that. Uh huh. He's taking responsibility for his actions by getting arrested. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, yeah. Okay, so that's that's another thing I don't like about this movie. And we talked about how, like, the civil, the, like, accords just get backgrounded pretty quick here. But, like, a good movie about that concept would be, like, here's a threat that demonstrates Steve's point where, like, oh, the, the rules of the accord make it, like, too hard for us to deal with this threat, and I have to go outside the law to do it. There's, like, other people chasing Bucky. He just does, he's just scared they're not gonna treat him with the tender love that he wants his boyfriend to be treated with. I mean, they do that, do that in this movie when the other winter soldiers show up kind of but that's more just steve's already fucked everything up and no one's listening to him anymore because he's just been an asshole for an hour and a half right like it's not like it's not like general thunderbolt ross is like no i don't want them to go fight all the other winter soldiers it's just i don't know yeah so the we cut to uh vision doing some cooking yes he's he's reading the recipe like a pinch of paprika what's a pinch i'm a robot man i don't understand informal measurements right He's trying to make paprikash. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. To, to cheer Scarlet Widow up. Scarlet Widow? Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch. Wanda. Wanda. Probably should just call her Wanda. Uh, no, Witch called Wanda. Is that anything? That's nothing. That's less than nothing. Anyway, uh, she uh, he's bad at cooking is the is the thing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's never eaten anything before. So, you know, yeah. doesn't have a good sense of taste. So you think he'd be like a good, like, you know, molecular gastronomer or some shit, you know? Apparently not. Yeah. He's not like... Kazuhira. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, Vision just says, you know, Wanda, no one dislikes you. It's a weird line. 
Juan says, thanks. Yeah. The vision is very horny for Wanda, and it's very uncomfortable. This vision continues like, you know, it's a, it's an involuntary response from their amygdala. They can't help but be afraid of you. Right. And Wanda's like, you know, I, I used to be like a regular person. But after I got superpowers, every everyone just sees that. They don't see my heart. Yeah. So Wanda's eventually like, anyway, you ruined this. I'm going to run to the store and uh, get us something. Well, they, they have a little more scene where Vision touches his mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really know what this is, but I know it also gave you your abilities. So, you know, we're kind of uh, connected, don't you think? Oh, God, I, I don't like the Vision in this movie, Crystal. <laughs> I, I wish to understand it. The more I do, the less it controls me. <laughs> and maybe one day I might even control it. God. Yeah, Vision's a real creep. Yeah, I don't care for him one bit. He, he As he's saying, I might even control it, he's making unbroken eye contact with Wanda, not blinking. Yes. Yes, he is doing that. Bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she says she's going to the store to get better food. And he's like, well, what if we got like a pizza or something? You shouldn't go outside because everyone's scared of you. You're actually under house arrest and didn't know it. You're just not allowed to leave this mansion with this creeper who keeps uh, saying creepy things to you. I just want people to see you as I do. God. So Sam and Steve and T'Challa are in the cop car getting arrested. And Sam's like, so you like cats? <laughs> Sam it continues to be like the beacon of light in these dark times. Sam's just fucking annoyed that he has to even do this shit. Yeah. Like, this whole movie, he's just pissed off that Steve dragged him into this. Uh-huh. And he's projecting it on everyone else except Steve. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. Anyway, T'Challa's just like, yeah, well, um, I was a warrior, but now I'm also a king. So how long do you think you can keep your dumb boyfriend away from me? I'm gonna murder him, Steve. Just you wait. I'm the Black Panther, protector of Wakanda for generations. Yeah. Come see my movie <laughs> in, like, a year, in, like, a, two years. Yep. It's gonna be good. Uh, we meet another Black Panther character from Black Panther, the CIA guy, who's played by an actor whose name I forget, but who I like. Uh, Martin? Everett Ross. I was a- No relation to General Ross. <laughs> Just, okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, they explain that, uh, you know, they're all under arrest, but like, you know, they're going to be a little cozier, uh, than Bucky is cause you know, they're Avengers and all, and the king of a sovereign nation. So, you know, they're going to be kind of quarantined to this building until things get sorted out. Steve says, what about a lawyer? Yeah. And he's like, lawyer, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Which, mm, I I think I've told you this. I wanted this movie to be the lead-in for She-Hulk. I wanted her to, like, bust out a wall on the raft or something and be like, hi, yes, I'm going to be representing my client. Oh. Would have been so good. That would have been fun. Yeah. Put She-Hulk in a Marvel movie. God damn it. Yeah, make a She-Hulk film. Do it. She's a good character. So they're they're going into their special arrest room that's fairly cozy. So it's not, it's not really like a jail. No, not at all. And Tony's on the phone is like, consequences, you bet there'll be consequences. I'm, I'm going to chew Steve out real good. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, there's like a truck pulling up to the like maintenance building or something for a huge power transformer. Yeah. This is just, this is just a man making a delivery yeah. of this weird device. Uh-huh. There's nothing weird going on here at all. Uh, and uh, B- Bucky's in his special cell pod thing. Yeah. Bucky's not allowed to like move his arms. No. He's like locked into a roller coaster car. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So as Steve's watching this, Tony comes up to him and you know, it gives him some some special pens that FDR had. Right, they're the pens that he used to sign the Lend Lease Bill in 1941. You know. He's like, uh, you're you're an old man. I used to appreciate this old man shit, right? <laughs> 
And Steve's like, well, actually, some say that that led us closer to World War II, even, which was already happening in 1941. So, you know what, Steve? Oh, and Steve wanted to be at war, so Alan Shannon was... <laughs> yeah. He's just being a dick. <laughs> he is, yes. He's just being a contrary. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, Tony Stark explains that, like, his dad used to always talk about how he used to know Captain America. And uh, growing up, he hated Captain America. Blah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, yeah. Steve asks, where's, where's Pepper? Right. And Tony says, we were on a break. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly He explains, you know, a few years ago, I almost lost her. So I trashed all my suits. Then we had to mop up Hydra. Yeah. Then Ultron, my fault. And then, and then, and then, and then I never stopped. Right. Because the truth is... I don't want to stop. A few years ago, Iron Man 3 came out, and that was a pretty all right movie. But, like, they wanted to keep making more movies with me in them, so, you know. I don't want a loser. I thought maybe the Accords could split the difference. So we get Tony's other motivation for right. this. One, he feels bad about Ultron. Two, he wants he doesn't want to lose his girlfriend. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they, they have a little more argument. And, and Steve is basically coming around to the Accords. Like, listen, there's got to be safeguards. We can't just be like the attack dogs of, you know, the world that do whatever that we're told. And uh, Tony's pretty much on board. He's like, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, once, you know, people aren't super mad at us for, you know, setting off a bomb in a sovereign nation, we can probably get these amended, you know, be a little more lax. Steve says, if I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Yeah. Tony says, no, you don't. No, I don't. Yeah. That's a good little exchange. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. So Steve is basically ready to sign. He's He's got his dumb FDR pen. And then it, like, comes out that Wanda's under house arrest right now. And that just tears it. Well, I mean, yeah, this is a shitty move. It's a shitty move that she probably should have been, you know, notified of. Shouldn't have let the Vision be the one overseeing her, that's for darn sure. But if it's a temporary thing of, like, hey, just hang out in this exorbitant Avengers mansion for a week while we sort out this PR mess... It's not the worst thing to do to a person. Yeah, like, listen, again, if you had had a conversation with her from the beginning she could have she could have come around to this yeah honestly that's something that drives me crazy about this movie is that basically every conflict in it could be solved if these characters would just talk to each other right just like stop doing shit behind each other's back for no reason guys that comes that's on a macro level as well where like the avengers do shit behind the backs of the governments of the countries they invade and also the un did these accords behind their backs right right it's like no no one's no one's talking to each and like you could make a movie where that's the whole point of it but it just kind of feels like in this movie that feels more like well no one's talking to each other because if they talk to each other we wouldn't have a movie because the conflict is more about like other stuff and it's not about like communication as a theme you know right so i don't know it, it annoys me that if anyone would just shut the fuck up and listen for two seconds this movie basically wouldn't happen i mean you know that's life man sure uh so the 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 man delivers his his weird electrical thing yeah they open it up and then it's yeah it's the same thing from zemo's hotel room meanwhile zemo is sitting down as the psychologist to interview bucky barnes hmm. Hmm. yeah sharon and steve have a conversation like you know this would be a really good way if you wanted to find bucky right to frame him for this yeah yeah but then sharon's like well yeah but that doesn't make any sense if you framed him you don't get him we do and they both have like a double look and look up at the psychologist like oh no 
And uh, yeah, that electro thingy goes off and knocks out the power to this site. Uh, and while the power is out, Zemo reads off the code words because he really wants to know what happened that night in December 1991. I like the part where is just like browsing his phone. <laughs> he's just he's just browsing Twitter and he's like, oh, I guess something's going on. Yeah. You think T'Challa has like a lot of like, he follows like that like Katsu account. He just likes looking at cats. Yeah. yeah. He's furry. Yeah. He, he's just looking at some emergency kittens video. But, uh, yeah, so now Bucky's out, and they all run down to the, the holding cell where he is, and, uh... There's a good, uh, exchange between Bucky and Zemo, where he's like, James, and Bucky says, no, call me Bucky. Also, yeah. uh, I, I do kind of like, you know, Bucky is very, like, working hard to resist, because he knows that the words are being said, and he's, like, freaking out that he's about to, like, lose control. It's it's a good scene. There are yeah. good scenes in this movie. Yeah, like, this. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, they get down there and Zemo's like on the ground, but I guess he's faking, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's just pretending to be not Yeah, known. yeah. But uh he says something about like, "Oh, I just I'm here to see an empire fall." And then like the Winter Soldier attacks him. And there's like a there's like a fight with the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the Winter Soldier's trying to bust out of here and he, he fights Steve <laughs> and he fights Chala, fights chokes out Black Widow, a scene of her getting choked. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she has her thighs around his head. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, every movie. Maybe I don't want a Black Widow movie. I'm worried about it. Yeah, Um. whatever. Probably fine. It'll probably be fine. Uh, Bucky almost shoots uh, Tony in the yeah. face. He's like, oh, I almost got shot in the face. Right. Uh, someone is asking, like, someone wants Tony to, like, become Iron Man. He's like, no, I'm not a combatant right now. I'm just the I'm just the guy in charge. And But he has, like, a hand repulsor thing. Uh, I think he does get shot in the face, but he's got, like, bulletproof glasses or something. Is that what happens? He might have gotten, like, skimmed a little bit. Or maybe it's just, like, the heat of it. Maybe, like, uh, yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what happens exactly. But, yeah, Bucky escapes. That's the long and short of it. You can see that even without his suit, T'Challa is strong enough to, like, pull Bucky's metal arm. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but eventually, Bucky gets outside and hijacks a helicopter that's just sitting right. there. There's Then Steve runs out yeah. and uses his big muscles to pull down the helicopter. <laughs> yes, he does. It's not of anything to, like, brace himself against when he does this, so I'm not... The physics aren't, don't make that much sense, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about, about it. it. It's a comic book movie. Fuck off. And then as the helicopter is, like, trying to fly off the edge, he grabs the edge and adjusts himself, adjusts his arm to get, like, a better pose for the flex. Right, yeah. <laughs> as he pulls down the helicopter, and there's a shot of Bucky looking down at him, like, what? Right, yeah. Oh. Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then Bucky just uh, points the helicopter back towards the landing pad. Yeah. And crashes it against Right, it. and Steve, like, almost gets just chopped up by the blades a bit, but manages to dodge them. And they both fall into the water. Yeah. So Zemo's in a restaurant and he's listened to a voicemail from his wife. Yeah. About how, you know, he needs to come home soon because like his kid wants to see him or something. She she's really calm about the the stuff that's happening to her. Yeah, considering what the timing of this would have maybe it's from like a month earlier and it just happens to be the last voicemail he has of her voice. Okay, maybe. Uh but yeah, he's just sitting at a restaurant and he's just sad about this voicemail and gets on a uh, an airplane to Moscow. Where Bucky now wakes up with his arm in some kind of vice grip. Right, and we've wrapped around to the post-credit scene from Ant. But he's like, "Ah, oh, geez, I'm sorry. I'm still got brainwash juice in me." Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's okay now. He's back to normal. He's like even more back to normal than he was before because he remembers all sorts of things about Steve. Your mom's name was Sarah. You used to wear newspapers in your uh-huh, shoes. Uh-huh. Uh, so Bucky says, "You know, the the psychologist." 
He wanted to know about Siberia and where I was kept. Right. And that's because I'm not the only Winter Soldier. Oh, shit! So we cut to a flashback of a bunch of other Winter Soldiers. Right. Who are already, like, elite Hydramen before. But after Bucky stole the Super Soldier serum from the Starks, they also got injected with that. Yeah. And now they're very strong, but they're also very unstable. Yeah, they all basically, like, stage a revolt inside the training chamber, but they get, you know, shut down and, and frozen. And, uh, you know, Steve says... The doctor said he wanted to see an empire fall. And Bucky says, with these guys, he could do it. They speak 30 languages, hide in plain sight, infiltrate, assassinate, destabilize. They could take down the whole country in one night. Oh, dang. You never see him coming. Well, that's that's bad. So he, here's like the the Captain America plot of this yeah. movie. Is there's he's he's trying to save the Winter Soldier, but there's other Winter Soldiers that they gotta stop. Right. And Zemo's in the way. Yeah. And this is made more difficult by the presence of the Accords. Sure. I mean it is, but like also Ah, I guess, yeah, they wouldn't have let him, I guess, but this is where Captain America really starts goofing things, because, like, just take Bucky back to the place. Like, Zemo was the one that fucked everything up, not you and not Bucky. I don't know. Yeah, but Zemo's on his way to wake up the Winter Soldier. No, I understand that. They're kind of short on time. Sure. I'm saying instead of taking them to this garage. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're like, oh, we need friends. We need allies. And Sam's like, I know a guy. Don't worry. And, uh, yeah, what's, like, we're back with Tony and Ross... And they kind of fight over this. They just want to go out and catch, you know, everybody. And Tony convinces them to give him 36 hours to bring everyone in. And Tony asks if Natasha knows where the Hulk is. She's like, no. Yeah. And also he wouldn't be on our side. Right. The Hulk, like, again, the Hulk has very bad experiences of trying to be controlled by the government. By Ross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tony jokes about having a heart attack, but I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> he has he has a big black eye and a cut yeah. on the place where he got shot. And, yeah, uh, they, they... Tony yeah, says he has an idea. Natasha also has an right. idea. And Tony says, oh, where's yours? Well, downstairs, where's yours? He just kind of smiles, and we cut to Queens, New York. He's going to recruit the Spider-Man. We're going to recruit the Spider-Man. This is, okay, this is a good part of this movie. I like I like all the Spider-Man Tony stuff. It does kind of a little bit feel like, hey, why don't we just throw, like, a fun preview for Spider-Man Homecoming in the middle of this movie that has very little to do with it. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's egregious, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, hey, let's bring everything to a grinding halt for some Spider-Man fan service because everyone loves Spider-Man. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like the with great power comes great responsibility is the theme of the film. I I guess, kind of. I don't know. Well, again, I, I like this scene like as an isolated thing because I really like Spider-Man and I think Tom Holland's a very good Spider-Man. Uh, There's a lot of jokes about how sexy and hot and attractive Aunt May right, is. Right, because she's played by Marissa Tomei, who is old enough to be like the right age for that character, but doesn't look like a cartoon grandma. Right. So, you know. They, they really lay it on. They the really do. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Tony says, like, oh, yeah, Peter won the, like, scholarship that he applied for that I've run, so I came to award him. Anyway, let's go talk in this other room, why don't we? He shows them a video of, of the Spider-Man from YouTube. Yeah. Tony's like, I know that's you. Right. And they're going to have a back and forth. Peter's really trying to hide that he's Spider-Man, but he doesn't do a very good job of it. So Tony, you know, immediately figures it out. And uh, they kind of just get to talk in. And Tony asks him, like, all right, I need to know, like, why do you do this? And Peter says, uh, you know, if you have the ability to do something and you don't, then when something bad happens, it's your fault. Right. It's just kind of Steve's yeah. thing. Uh, so Tony is is glad to hear all this. He wants to give Spider-Man a better suit. And they're going to go off to Germany to beat the shit out of Captain America. Yeah. He, he does illegally recruit this this child, uh -huh. this 15-year-old. Yeah, does convert Spider-Man into a child soldier. That's fine. 
<laughs> it's fun though, because like Spider-Man's gonna hop out and like grab Captain America's shield and it's gonna be really cool. So it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so back to the Avengers HQ. Yeah. Hawkeye shows up to get Wanda. Right, he like starts a fire out in the woods to distract the vision and then uh comes in and yeah, like plants some like EMP mines or something with his arrows and uh you know is is here to get him. The vision comes back and he like managed to fight off the EMP and he's like, Wanda, you can't. Everyone's going to be afraid of you. No one's going to see you for the beautiful soul that I see you for. And Hawkeye's just like, man, this dude's a creep. Come on. I love how casual Hawkeye is about all of this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Cap asked me to do this, so I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Sure. I don't even really understand what's going on, but I yeah, trust yeah, that guy. Whatever. I don't care. I was bored. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything more important. It's disappointing his kids by not showing up to river rafting. But then later he says, oh, you're doing me a favor by asking me to do this. Right. Fathers hate their yeah, families. Uh-huh. So anyway, Ant-Man shows up. <laughs> they like drag him out of a van. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, Captain America. That's cool. I'll, I'm here. And Captain America's like, listen, this is outside the law. You're going to be a criminal, a wanted man if you help me. Did uh did we skip over the part where Wanda shoves Vision a million feet into the Oh, earth? yeah, we did. That's, That's pretty good. Right. Yeah, she like takes control of the mind gem or something. It starts glowing red. Yeah. Right. So that's spooky. Uh, but yeah, so Ant-Man is here. Captain America's like, you're going to be a fugitive. You know, you might go to jail. And Ant-Man's just like, eh, whatever. No one saw Ant-Man. It's fine. There's a part where Sharon and Steve kiss. Yeah. And uh, Bucky and Sam are like, yeah, yeah. nice. Nice. Also a part where Bucky's sitting in the back seat of the car. Sam's sitting in the passenger front seat. Bucky asks, like, uh, could you, could you uh, move the seat up a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Sam says, no. Right, yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> Why does he hate them yeah. so much? Well, because they're both it's a love triangle situation. Right. Yeah, they're they're both in love with Steve and they're trying to, you know, vie for his affection. But I guess they're they're they don't get mad at Sharon. Right. Well, listen, they know they know the score. Well, I guess they do kiss though, so that throws everything into disarray. They're just like nice. Uh Hawkeye does mention he he owes a debt to Wanda because uh, her brother saved his life. Yeah, yeah. So sure, I'll buy that part. Yeah. Ant Man's just very excited to be here. He is. Captain America. Wow. Yeah. You're great. Oh, wow. Geez. Should he be? Yeah. I feel like was the whole movie about how he just wanted to be with his family. Yeah, but he also wants to be a superhero to impress his I daughter. Yes. I yeah. Wasn't the whole movie about oh man, I really don't want to have to go back to jail, but circumstances are forcing my hand to do crime. Captain America needs his help. Ah, ah, ah I don't I don't buy that. I mean, like listen. What his job now is what he's security company with his boys, right? I guess, yeah. But if he land, this is basically like a job interview to be part of the Avengers, and that pays way better. Yeah, but it's not to be part of the Avengers. Captain America is not an Avenger right now. I don't think that Scott maybe fully understands the situation. Yeah, okay, maybe that's fair. I, I think he figures like, listen, if I if I really impress myself here, I can get in with these people, and then maybe after all this blows over, I can get some of that Stark money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just feels very much like, listen, we got to have the biggest superhero movie. We got them all. Just let's just like open this van and just hey. Fuck it, here's Ant-Man. Who gives a shit? You like Ant-Man? I mean, look, that that's absolutely the starting point yeah. of this. But I think they justify it well enough. I don't know. I, I just can't never see past that with this movie. With a few of these characters, but Ant-Man feels the most egregious to me. We're just like, yeah, fuck it, Ant-Man. Let's go for it. We just want every character we've ever had in a movie in one fight. We just, you know what? We actually don't want to make movies. We want to make Super Smash Brothers. Marvel versus Nintendo. Steve and Tony have a little conversation before the fighting starts. Where Steve explains multiple times, hey, there's a bunch more Winter Soldiers we're trying to go stop. And Tony's just like, yeah, but I want to punch you, so I don't care. 
And then Spider-Man shows up and like steals the shield. It's like, hey guys, hi Cap. And then they they all they all fight. So the the Steve's goal here is to steal the Quinjet so he can get to Siberia. Yeah. But they're they're gonna stop him. That's that is the stakes of the scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to establish. Okay, this. okay. Anyway, they all just start punching and kicking and shooting and fighting. It's a good, it's a good fight scene. Uh it's good. I do. I feel like it goes on a little long. I like the part where Ant-Man gives steals the shield from Spider-Man that he stole from Captain America. Yeah. He gives it back to Captain America and says, I believe this belongs to you, Captain America. Yeah. This is very exciting to be sure. Uh, I don't really mind, because whatever. They have completely abandoned the idea that Ant-Man maintains his mass when he shrinks. Like, they, they were pretty, like, iffy on it to begin with. So, again, it's fine. But, yeah, now he just gets tiny. Don't worry about it. What? Wait, wait, what do you mean that he doesn't maintain his mass? Yeah. Like, he's not, like, you know, he's not throwing, like, bullet punches when he shrinks or whatever. Well, he's, he's pulling his punches. Yeah, but, like, even when he's standing on things, like, he's not, like, dragging people down. I guess he does with Black Widow. I mean, that wasn't in the first movie. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they've never been good about that. It's it's never clear how much a shrunken Ant-Man is supposed to weigh. And that's, you know, whatever. There's some good stuff here. Spider-Man's very strong, and he can stop Bucky's arm, Yeah, too. but, like, he's not even trying. He's, like, just kind of rolling the arm around to see it from different angles. Like, he's clearly, like, the strongest person here. Hawkeye introduces himself to Black Panther, and Black Panther's like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just here to kill Bucky. Right. Yeah. So they all get to scrapping. Uh, Spider-Man fights, yeah. Uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky at the same time. He's like, you know, doing a bad job of quipping, which I like that he's just not good at this yet. Well, he's doing Spider-Man's bit, but he's bad at it. Right. Uh, there's a point where Sam Sam and Bucky are just like laying on the floor, catching their breath. And uh, he uses Red Wing to, to knock out Spider-Man. Yeah. Bucky says, couldn't you have done that earlier? Right. Sam says, I hate you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and like, you know, Scarlet Witch is throwing cars at Iron Man, and they're all just having a big old fight, and they all kind of line up, square off against each other, and start just sprinting at each other. The airport's getting messed up yeah, real good. Yeah, uh-huh. That is, you know, another fair point. It's not like the Avengers that signed the Accords are doing a good job of preventing collateral damage. It's almost like the Accords are completely useless. Yeah, no, the U.S. military typically has a lot of collateral damage. So, I mean, you know, that that's a point against the Accords, that they don't actually do what they say they're supposed to do. Yeah, this time the, the blame gets put on the UN who is just like eh whatever so it's like what Cap was saying they're not respond they're not really held accountable for their actions so they don't even have to try yeah but like that's no different than how it already was like like characters say multiple times throughout this movie you fucked up this entire city and then you just left right but at some point they decide they need some kind of distraction to you know book it to the jet and uh Ant-Man reveals that he can now become giant man giant man see what I did there yeah yeah Steven, Steven, Spider-Man have a fight. Yeah. And Steve's like, nice, nice moves, kid. Where are you from? Queens. Huh, <laughs> Brooklyn. It's like, uh, you know, New York borough rivalry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they, Ant-Man turns giant and starts having a bunch of cool giant fights with everybody. It's kind of cool. There's a part where he, he's goes into, when he's still small, he goes into Iron Man's suit. He just starts ripping shit apart and he starts doing quips. Iron Man's like, who's speaking? Yeah. Iron Man is so done with today. You know what? Just trying to make the world a better place and everybody keeps punching me. Yeah, Scott gets big. He pulls down Rhodey, just grabs him out of the sky. Rhodey can't catch a break in this movie. Does he get a single win in this film? I don't think so. Man, Rhodey. Yeah. Give him something. Right? He was the original Chords man. That's true. Make him the leader. (laughs) 
Uh, Giant Man is doing cool stuff. He's he's doing an okay job of holding everybody off. The Vision is here now, uh, and he happens to see that everyone's fly, uh, like running towards the jet. So he just phases through Scott, who does not appreciate that. Probably feels weird. Probably feels weird. Uh, and they like kind of narrowly manage to get under the falling wreckage and get to the jet. But ah, oh, dang it, Natasha's here. She's pointing her stinger at Cap, and she's like. You're not going to stop, are you? I'm going to regret this. And she shoots T'Challa, yep. who's right behind them, and lets them get away. Shoots him multiple times. Yeah, no, T'Challa's strong. He needs multiple shots. Right, yeah. But yeah, then they escape in the Quinjet. Just just Bucky and Steve managed to make it. There's a weird point in the fight where, like, Hawkeye and Black Widow are fighting. They're like, we're still friends, right? And Hawkeye's just like, depends on how hard you hit me. Like, really accenting how pointless this fight is. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just having a fun time. We're just, this is just bad. This is just wrestling with your pals at the airport, you know? I mean, the music they play as they're charging at each other is is like you know tragic music yeah like this is this is supposed to be oh man truly things have gotten so bad that even allies are fighting each other right but i think the natasha hawkeye bit like undercuts that because it's just like yeah i don't know listen i'm not i'm not really sure why i'm here i'm just kind of shooting people that cap asked me to you know whatever this conflict is dumb i don't really understand it spider-man does slings up uh ant-man's legs just like that really old movie the empire strikes back right and everyone's mad at him for calling that a really old movie i mean it is yeah 1980 yeah my dad tony was born in 1970 he was 10 when that movie came out right my dad uh did not see the first star wars and then went to see empire strikes back because he's like well everyone's talking about star wars i guess i'll check it out and then uh he hated it because it ended on a cliffhanger and it was like oh this was all just a marketing trick to make me buy two movie tickets to get the story not gonna fool me and just never saw return of the jedi according to the wikipedia page that was actually a somewhat common reaction at the time huh fair enough because that that was before the era where everything was a trilogy yeah yeah <laughs> but uh anyway yeah so steven bucky get away spider-man gets knocked aside and tony goes up and is like listen you're done go home yeah uh wanda got hurt and vision goes up and is like oh geez i'm sorry baby i hate him so much <laughs> So then, uh, you know, Rhodey is the one who hurt her. Right. So he points his big laser beam up at the sky where he's, <laughs> you know, gonna shoot the Quinjet down. Right, because Rhodey is chasing them. Rhodey and Tony both are, and uh, Sam is chasing them. And yeah, Vision tries to shoot Sam down, but oh, he's just thinking so hard about how Rhodey hurt his precious baby. And he hits he just shoots him at, shoots him directly in the arc reactor, like a precise hit. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> You're right. Did not just like clip his back or anything. No, you're totally right. He's like a machine god. He could have made that shot. He knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, so Rhodey starts to tumble to Earth, and Tony and Sam both try to catch him, but he hits the ground, and uh, he's alive, but not again. Remember the scene in Winter Soldier, where Sam was talking about his wingman, Riley, uh-huh, yeah. how he, he like fell out of the sky, he just couldn't do anything but watch. Right. It's like poetry, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's an intentional parallel. Ah, listen, all It's right. the same writers, like... Okay, I'm saying it's not like, like, this movie is too overstuffed for Sam to have, like, an actual emotional beat to, like, make that parallel meaningful. Right. He does say, I'm sorry, and then Tony shoots him. Yep, uh-huh. Which I think is a little uncalled for. I, it wasn't actually his fault. Yeah, didn't, was not the one who shot him. Also, it is, like, a borderline comedic shot where he just goes flying off out of frame in a scene that should be serious. Yeah. 
But yeah, so Rhodey is like getting an MRI and Tony's like, hey, Vision, what happened? And Vision's just like, oh, I got distracted. I hate the Vision. Okay. Yeah, the Vision sucks. The Vision sucks. He's good in Ultron. He dies in Infinity War, right? Yeah. He gets like the mind gem ripped out of his head or something. Uh-huh. All right, looking forward to it. Infinity War is going to have at Joss least... Joss Whedon wrote a better Vision. <laughs> Infinity War is at least going to have one good shot, and it's when Thanos murders the Vision. Uh, there's a shot of Zemo has murdered the guy whose hotel room he took over. Right. And the, the like person delivering the food finds him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it turns out that was the psychologist that was supposed to interview Bucky. Yeah. And they also found the supplies to make a Bucky Barnes disguise in the room. Yeah. So it's like, oh, dang. It was him all along. Right, but this is this is all still part of Zemo's plan. Right. So they think, oh, shit, he's he's in Siberia. He's going to waken up those Winter Soldiers. We're, we're so boned. Uh, so at this point, like, the airport fight is sort of the big climax of the movie. I guess. And everything after here is is a little more a little more personal. Sure. I, yeah, I agree. This, this is a little unusual structure for these movies. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the airport fight just mostly feels like filler, honestly, though. Like, it's cool to watch in parts, but, like, I don't know. It, it's nothing really advanced. I don't know. It's just... Bah. The personal stuff I like kind of in this movie. Like, the, the, yeah, it's the last chunk of this movie, I think, takes it up to Yeah. Oh, no, I like the airport fight. I understand how people might consider it to be a little superfluous. Yeah. I, I, that's my big problem with this movie is that, like, there's beats and moments in it that I like in isolation, but I don't think they come together to make a good movie from start to finish. Uh, that's good. All right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. It's right. like, like, okay, Hawkeye and Ant-Man are there just to be there. Yeah, 100%. But I feel like everyone else has has a pretty good reason to be there. I think Spider-Man is also kind of just there to be there. He's there to set up Spider-Man Homecoming, is what he's there okay, for. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and to some extent, like, they do, they integrate him way better into the story than they do Spider-Man. But there's a degree to which T'Challa is there to set up Black Panther. Now, he gets a good bit at the end that I think kind of... Like I said, he's better integrated into the story than Spider-Man is. But yeah, I, it's he's... very easy to see a version of this movie with no T'Challa in it that's, like, fine. That's, like, it has not lost anything too terrible. Right. I just feel like they had, like, an okay through line, and they just kept piling other shit on top of it until it's kind of just a mess. I think T'Challa needs to be there as, like, this is a person who has been personally affected yeah, that's a good by point. the yeah, Avengers. That's, but I feel like you almost have that. I mean, you could, eh, now we're just kind of just off in, you know, imagination land. Script doctor. But, like, you could have easily done, like, more with Wanda, because she's Sokovian. You know, given the bad guy more screen time to develop his, like, arc more. I, I, I don't think you need T'Challa there to make that point. I think they make good use okay. of him if he's got to be here. But I don't think he's got to okay. be. Uh, well, yeah. they're they're on the Quinjet, Bucky and Steve. Yep. And Bucky's like, hey, maybe you should stop doing international crimes for my sake. I don't know if I'm worth all this, Steve. And Steve's just like, nah, I'm going to keep doing international crimes for your sake. But you did all those years. It wasn't you. You didn't have a choice. Yeah. I know. But I did, I did it. it. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, it, it is like Wanda, sort of. Yeah. Not quite, because sure. she wasn't mind controlled. But it's like, that That might have gone as bad if she didn't raise up crossbones, but she still did right. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like what I said. It's like, yes, people would have died regardless, but the specific people that died, died because of yes. her. Uh, so we go to the raft, because what this movie needs is another new thing to introduce. Yeah, there's a, a scene where Natasha's like, I'm, I'm done with you, Tony. I'm just going to go into hiding, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, because she says, like, you know, we messed up, and Tony's like, oh, we, you let him get away. It seems like you just can't help but betray people. But, yeah, every everyone that was on Cap's side that didn't get away is now locked up on the raft. And Tony goes there, and Ross is like, hey, man, you really fucked up. You're lucky you're not also here. 
And he goes in there and everyone's very mad at him on account of they got arrested for aiding and abetting like an international assassin. I mean, you know. I mean, they, yeah, you know, it just seems like. Hawkeye has a little thing about the futurist. Oh, the futurist is here. Wow. He knows what's good for you more than you do. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, uh, the everything the everything about the Accords plot movie, plot in this movie, I think is bad. I don't think it makes much sense, and I don't think the movie's that interested in actually tackling it. They just want, like, something to make the personal conflict of, like, Steve and Bucky and all that feel like a bigger thing than just them. But they're not actually related at all. I think they are. I, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Wow. Anyway, yeah, Tony is like, yeah, I goofed it. I found some intel that suggests that maybe I should have just listened when Steve talked. So I, I hacked into the, you know, surveillance stuff and they can't hear us right now. So I need you to tell me where Steve's going so I can go help him. Hank Pym always said, you can never trust a Stark. Right. Who are you? Oh, come on, man. It's <laughs> a good little bit. But like, again, in Ant-Man's case, like, no, Steve told you you'd be a wanted man if you helped him. <laughs> You are explained the stakes of this very clearly. Well, I don't want to be in jail. <laughs> I'm not a criminal. Right. I'm a good guy. Uh, but yeah, so Sam tells Tony how to, uh, you know, find Steve and Bucky. And we're kind of at the, the finale of the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So Steve and Bucky get to this, like, huge Siberian bunker where the Winter Soldiers are kept. And they're kind of creeping along, you know, very carefully. And then Iron Man shows up and he's like, hey, guys. I was a real dingus. Let's go get this bad guy. And they're like, all right, cool. And they find the big room of Winter Soldiers, but they're all dead, Crystal. Yeah. They all got shot right in the back. Tony, Tony even being here is a violation of the Accords. Right. So uh, Zemo from behind like a bomb-proof uh, steel thing is kind of taunting them. And uh, I don't know, does he just like give them the tape, I think, right? Well, he has a little, he has a little uh, conversation with Steve uh-huh. first. He's like, you know, I didn't want any more Winter Soldiers in this world. Right. I did this just to lure you here. Right. You and Bucky and Iron Man. I thought about nothing else for over a year. I studied you. I followed. I'm trying real hard to ignore how little sense this makes because I like the emotional beats of it. Why doesn't it make sense? Well, like his whole plan was to, like, I don't know. It's just like, what do you mean you you intended for them to, like, come here and try to, like, what? Well, he let uh, the lady find the the evidence. I guess that's. Which he knew would be given to Iron Man. Right, okay. And then would fly over here. I guess. But he was really, like, counting on them figuring out where he was going. I don't know. It's just... it's He had backups. Yeah, sure. It's like in the beginning. He's like, listen, this would be way easier if you just told me what happened. Right, sure. But I I have other ways. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, so he gives them the cassette tape to watch. And it's just security footage of what we've seen of Bucky murdering Tony's parents. And we kind of get the full brutality of it where he's, like, punching Howard to death so it looks like he died from the impact of the car crash. And then strangles his mom. An empire toppled by its enemies can rise again. But one which crumples from within, that's dead forever. Yeah. So Tony is very upset about this. Right. You know, he asked Steve if he knew, and Steve's like, eh, yeah. Don't bullshit me, Rogers. Did you know? Yeah. And then they start yeah. fighting. He, he wants the revenge. Yeah. So Iron Man wants to kill Bucky, and Steve's trying to stop him from killing Bucky, so now Iron Man's trying to beat up Steve, and Bucky's just like, man, this sucks, I guess I'll fight. And they have a big kind of knock-down, knock drag-out brawl in this bunker. Uh, Tony asks Bucky if, if he remembers them. Bucky says he remembers all of them. Yeah, which is distressing. Yeah, no, Bucky's very tragic in this yeah. film. Uh, so Zemo goes outside, because he's like, well... That's done. 
And uh, T'Challa is also there, and he's like, oh man, you kind of suck. I, and I've been kind of like you, so I'm going to stop doing he that. He almost killed the wrong man. Right, but and no. He explains that the, the voicemail message he's listened to was that of his wife, who's now dead, right. who died in the Age of Ultron. Yeah. Because a big rock got dropped on the Earth. A bunch of Right, them. his wife and his father and his son. And he knew he couldn't kill the Avengers. More powerful men than him have tried. Right. But if he could get them to kill each other. Oh, dang. I'm sorry about your father. He seemed a good man with a good son. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to let vengeance consume me like it has you and also Tony. Right. And then Zemo tries to shoot himself, but T'Challa stops him and just kind of restrains him. He's like, the the, the, the living still have use of you or whatever. It's it's a cool line. It's a good, it's a good line. line. Like, listen, I know I have to say, like, ah, T'Challa doesn't need to be in this movie. I like T'Challa in this movie. It's yeah, good. like, I've not seen Black Panther yet, but I like this actor a lot, and I'm mildly excited for it because I've heard it's good. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other three just keep scrapping. You know, uh, Iron Man's suit's getting pretty beat yeah, up. Yeah, they're, they're to- Bucky and Steve are tossing the shield back and forth and taking punches at Iron Man, who's barely keeping yeah. up. Uh, there's a bit where, like, Steve is just beating the shit out of him, and, uh, the suit AI is like, Tony, you can't fight him. You can't beat him in a, in a hand-to-hand fight. And Tony's like, yeah, well, what if I push this button that lets me win in a hand-to-hand fight? And he does that and beats up Steve. Analyze his fight pattern. So, uh, uh... Bucky has Iron Man up against the wall and is trying to pull out his arc reactor. Right. Then Iron Man activates the Unibeam and blows his arm yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, he beats Steve down and tells him, like, stay down, last warning. And Steve gets up and does his famous line, I could do this every day. I could do this all day. Yeah. And, it's uh, good. It's a good call. Yeah. Back. So it, it, eventually Steve ends up on top of Iron Man and just is, like, smashing his helmet with, like, the sharp side of the shield. Yeah, Steve says, he's my friend when he says... So was I. Yeah. And for like a split second, it looks like Steve is going to kill Iron Man, but of course he doesn't. He just smashes the arc reactor on the scene. And he gets Bucky up and tries to walk away with the shield. Right. And he says, that shield doesn't belong to you. You don't deserve it. My father made that shield. And yeah. Steve drops it, signaling that he is no longer Captain America. Right. He has abandoned the title because he cares about Bucky more. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, this is a movie about how Steve loves Bucky so much that he's willing to destroy all his other relationships. Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> Uh, can I, alright, can I ask, like, a nitpicky kind of question that you're not supposed to think about? Okay. So, this bunker is, like, completely abandoned, right? And has been for, like, decades. If, or, okay. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think I've already answered it. Because I was gonna say, how does Tony get back? Because he came here in the Iron Man suit. But I guess he, Zemo's craft is still there. So, there you go, that's how. Or yeah. T'Challa could have pulled him out, I guess. I mean, the arc reactor's still, like, pulsating a little bit. I think, like, he, he might be able to still fly. It's just, yeah. like, the fight's done. He lost. Right. Yeah, all right, all right, fair enough. But yeah, so Captain America's no longer Captain America. He's just Steve Rogers. He's become a nomad, if you will. Zemo's now in the roller coaster cell. Yeah. Everett Ross comes up to him and is like, it probably sucks to see your plan fail so bad, huh? Yeah. He's like, it didn't fail, dumbass. Right, like, half the Avengers are gone now. He won, the villain won in this yeah. movie. It's like Infinity War, but good. <laughs> It's like Infinity War, but better. It's like Infinity War, but better, let's say. Okay, you know. split the difference there. Vision's sulking, playing with chess pieces. Yeah. Rhodey's got robot legs now. Right, and he's, like, learning to walk with. Uh, and eventually, Tony gets, like, a package, and it's got a letter in it from Steve, who's like, hey, I know you were just trying to do the right thing, and, you know, God bless you. Now, but, uh, Luke, who delivers this package? Oh, it's Stanley. A package for Tony Stank? Yeah, and Rhodey's like, yep, that's Tony Stank right here. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, we should talk about that since the last time we recorded, Stan Lee passed away. That's Yeah, rest, rest in peace, yeah. Stan Lee. Can I ask you something that I don't want to have to think about? What? Okay, though, presumably they've basically done enough shooting on, like, Captain Marvel and probably Infinity War 2 that he's probably going to cameo in those, right? Uh-huh. What do you think are the odds that they start, like, putting a CG Stanley into these movies? So they said they already filmed, like, many movies ahead okay. with his cameos. You can tell some of the recent ones have been, like, he's not really in the scene. It's more like it cuts away to a close-up sure. of him. Um, yeah, I think they're going to keep doing it, and I think they very well might Princess Leia him. <sighs> They probably shouldn't do that. That seems in poor taste. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brody has a little conversation like, listen, this this sucks, but I still believe in the Accords. I will still remain a Avenger. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so Steve's letter is all about like, hey, I know you think you're doing the right thing, but I also think I'm doing the right thing. So I guess we're going to do our own right things for now. Well, let me let me read it Sure, out okay. Tony, I'm glad you're back at the compound. I don't like the idea of you rattling around a mansion by yourself. We all need family. The Avengers are yours, maybe more so than mine. I've been on my own since I was 18. I never really fit in anywhere, even in the army. My faith's in people, I guess. Individuals. I'm happy to say that, for the most part, they haven't let me down, which is why I can't let them down either. Locks can be replaced, but maybe they shouldn't. I know I hurt you, Tony. I guess I thought by not telling you about your parents I was sparing you, but I can see now I was really sparing myself, and I'm sorry. Hopefully one day you can understand. I wish we agreed on the accords. I really do. I know you're doing what you believe in, and that's all any of us can do. That's all any of us should. And that's all happening over uh, uh, footage of Steve breaking everybody out of the raft. And his final line is, so, no matter what, I promise you, if you need us, if you need me, I'll be right. there. And there's also a cell phone in the package. Yeah, leaves a cell phone yeah. for him. Uh, yeah, there's just... Uh, so, uh, I think that's where the movie ends, right? Or no, we get the... Yeah. No, that's the post-credits, the Winter Soldier I mean, this is, like, thematically calling back to the first movie, when he's like, I want to go in there and save those prisoners. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, no, you dumbass. Yeah. More people are going to die. But right. he does it anyway, because right. he, he doesn't like hierarchy. He just does what he thinks is right. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, like, I get that Steve Rogers is supposed to be, like, the pinnacle of morality, and, like, it's okay when he does it, but I don't know. There's something a little... I don't know about this. Do you, do you think so? Or am I crazy? Uh, I mean, elaborate on that a little. I guess just that, like, Steve's entire thing across this movie is, yeah, but I know what's right and wrong, so I shouldn't have to explain or justify myself to anybody or do what anyone else wants, because what I want to do is the right thing, and I believe in it, so I'm just going to do it. Like, it's a little Randian, you know? And, like, Steve's a good guy, so it's not, you know, I'm going to oppress everybody because I invented the train or whatever the fuck. But it's, you know, yeah. He's a little, like, uh, like uh, Senator. Armstrong. He's a little Senator Armstrong, yeah, from Metal Gear. This is, yeah, from Metal Gear Rising right. Vengeance. You know, a world where, where all men are free to pursue their yeah. own uh, whatever. Right. And, it, and it, the strongest one will win. And it's tough because I don't want to say, like, oh, just give all the power to the state and just, like, they get to oversee everything. Because I know that there's, like, obvious downsides to that also. I just don't feel like this movie does a good job of, like, portraying and exploring that uh, tension. Even though it, like, kind of purports to. No, because it, it's, like, not really about that. That's, like, about Right, right. But then, like, that final line is, like, oh, locks can be replaced but maybe they shouldn't like it it's trying to like wrap everything up in a bow like that is what it's about and I, yeah it just it does not work for me i wish it did because that's an interesting thing but yeah i just don't it does nothing for me i guess like this like steve what steve does in this movie he basically did in all of the previous movies sure. 
but this is the time where it breaks bad and he has to suffer real consequences sure. for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I I feel like a better version of this movie would probably be my favorite Marvel. And actually like talking through it, I think I like it more than I did when I finished it. Because I can see like there is like a through line here that I enjoy. I do like the Bucky Steve stuff, but I just feel like it takes so many like left turns into cul-de-sacs that go nowhere. And there's just way too many characters because they just want to like have this huge like fight, even though the stakes are really personal. And yeah, it just, this almost feels like, this is where, like what I was saying at the start, this feels like both Captain America 3 and Avengers 3. I think Captain America 3 is pretty good. I think Avengers 3 kind of sucks. And it kind of drags Captain America 3 down with it a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, like, Captain America gets an arc. Iron Man gets yeah. an arc. WandaVision have, have, a, have a smidge there right. a little bit. But, like, you know, none of the others are, like, main characters in the way they would be in, a, in an Avengers movie. No, no, they're definitely not. I agree. Uh, I'm almost saying, like, that's the problem. Because they're still eating up screen time, even though they're not really doing anything. I think they're comparable to, say, like, uh, like side characters in another Captain America movie. It's just that they happen to also be from those other movies. But it's not like we got an extended scene of, like, Sharon trying to cook, you know, food with her boyfriend in her apartment that really was not about the rest of the movie, either on a plot level or a theme level, you know? It was kind of like, and I, I know that dovetails back in because, oh, she's under house arrest and all that, but it takes a, a long way around to get to that part, you know? Well, the theme of that is, like, you know, Vision wants wants to, like, assimilate and fit in so people won't be afraid of superheroes. Right, yeah, totally. And Wanda's like, you know, I just want to fucking do my thing, and if people are afraid of me, that's fine. I'm okay with that. That's on them. I don't know, I just feel like there's a version of this movie that has less in it and is more, like, tight and more focused that I would really enjoy. Sure, I think there's room for improvement. Yeah, and this one, I just feel like, ah, there's a lot of stuff that just... I don't really care about. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like, again, like, I do really care about the Spider-Man stuff because I like Spider-Man. I love that whole sequence. You could completely chop it out of the movie and chop Spider-Man out of that fight and you would not notice. Let's talk about the post-credits. Bucky's going to sleep in Wakanda. They're going to try to wipe the brainwashing out of his head, but they got to figure it out first. Right. So he's just going to go into a medicated coma until they've solved that problem. Yeah, because Bucky, Charlotte feels bad that he tried to kill Bucky, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Right. And it's basically just, you know, a teaser for Black Panther. Steve's like, you're like, listen, thank you. But, you know, I I understand you're taking a risk here because he is still a wanted terrorist. If they find out he's here, they will come for him. Yeah. Charlotte says, cool guy line. Let them try. Right. And then the camera zooms out to show, like, the scenery of Wakanda, this giant, like, stone panther looking in. It's cool. Second post credit scene. Oh, there's another? Yeah. I only saw the first one. Sp- Spider-Man one. He's playing with his watch, and he has a little spider symbol hologram coming out of his watch. And May's like, who hit you? Who gave you this black eye that you have? Fear's like, uh, this guy Steve. Uh, he's from Brooklyn. You don't know him. Yeah, that's all right. He's, his friend was huge. Like, huge. Spider-Man will return, as will Black Panther. Yeah, for two movies that are gonna be pretty good, I think. Yeah. And I know one of them is pretty good. Well, let me ask yeah. you this, Luke. What grade would you give this movie? <sighs> I was ready to come in here and be like, that D, but I think I've actually softened on it. I would probably say, like, what are we? What other movies have we given a C? Have I given a C minus to a C minus? You haven't given anything a C minus. I think this might be a C minus. You think it's worse than Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, well, that one's got a C. Yeah. No, it is better than Guardians of the Galaxy. So let's go with. Is it better than Ant Man? Oh 
No. Is it better than Age of Ultron? I think it's better than Age of Ultron. So it's not better than Ant-Man? Uh, no, I don't think it's better than... I, I don't think... Like, listen, I don't love Ant-Man. I don't love this one either, though. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think if you gave me the perfect version of Ant-Man and the perfect version of this, I'd like it... I'd like this more. But as they are, no, I think I like Ant-Man. Hmm. Okay, so it gets a C then? I think a C is fair, yeah. C for Civil War. C for Civil War, wow. What grade are you giving it? Talk me through this V Ultron. Okay, uh, so basically, the reason I think this is better than Ultron is because I the, the character arcs that are really well established in this one, I like a lot. I did not see Ultron that long ago. I'm already struggling to remember what they were. Ultron just was a big CGI mess. I don't think the villain was that compelling. Zemo doesn't get as much screen time as I wish he did, but like I, he has a very simple, understandable motivation. And it's cool to see a bad guy who like doesn't punch them. He's just like wily and conniving and like tricks them. Whereas Ultron just kind of does whatever the script dictates. Uh, I feel like there was just a lot more just CGI mess in Ultron. Whereas this one, like at least the final scene, obviously it's still got a lot of CGI, but it's a little more, you know, stripped down, which I like better. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like it, I think it like fulfills its potential a little better than Ultron does. Why is this worse than the Avengers? Uh, because I think the Avengers was just a very straightforward, like they knew what kind of movie they needed to make and they made it and it's not a very complicated movie, but it's proficient. Like they set up all the characters, they gave them all likable moments, they let them bounce off each other in fun ways and let it all kind of come to a head in a big cool fight. And Avengers was also a lot more novel, so I wasn't sick of the big cool fights. Uh, it had a lot in it without feeling overstuck, I think. Okay, okay. That, that's about the area. I think this is around the two Avengers movies for me. Hmm. Hmm. What do you have between, what do you have between the two Avengers movies? Nothing. Oh, okay. Ultron's number one, Avengers number two. Wow, okay. Well, hmm? no, nothing. It's, yeah. What, what are you thinking? I think it's not as good as Ultron. Okay. I think it's probably not as good as the Avengers. Yeah, I mean, I agree, I agree it's not as good as the Avengers. I think it's probably better than Thor. I mean, I disagree with that, but it's your, it's your grade. Uh, AJ gave this movie a, uh, a D. I understand why. Again, if you had asked me the minute I stopped watching it, I would have said, yeah, D. Hmm, so is this, is this more of a, a B or a B plus? I mean... I think it's a B plus. All right, sure. Okay, in that case, uh, let's see, let's calculate this average here. Captain America Civil War has an average GPA of 2.111, a C. Okay, okay. Which puts it uh, in the same league cumulatively as Age of Ultron, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2. I think that's fair. I think I probably like it more than all of those, but not by a significant amount. What's uh what's the Captain America GPA looking like? Let's see. Well, let's see. For the three films, your order is one, three, two. My order is three, one, two. This is officially for me the best Captain America film. Can't believe it's better than the first Avenger, but it is. Um and then AJ, of course, is uh two, one, three. Okay. With three being way below one and two. Yeah. I get it. Cap Captain America GPA cumulatively for just the three Captain America films. 2.37. Yeah. I'm surprised that it came out that low, but yeah. For films in which Captain America is included uh -huh. to date, 2.422. That makes sense. I am the biggest Captain America fan. Yeah, you are. It's 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 been proven. And AJ is a little bit above you. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's see, which franchises do you prefer? It sounds like you like Thor the best. Which sounds ridiculous, but I think it's right. Iron Man second best. Captain America third best. 
Hulk the least. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> of course, I like uh, I like Thor the best, Captain America second best, Iron Man third best, Hulk the least. All right, all right. AJ likes Iron Man the best, Hulk the second best, Captain America third best, Thor the least. All right. Total phase two, total GPA, since we have finished phase two. Oh, this is the end of phase two? All right. No, this is the beginning of phase three. Oh, okay. 2.056. Ooh, not great. Compared to phase one's 2.556. Ooh, you went down. Yeah. Well. All of us liked phase one more than phase two, but to varying degrees. You have the, the, you and AJ have pretty big differentials. Mine's a lot closer. Well, uh, you know, let's hope they can pick it back up in phase three. Is, uh, are, are Ragnarok and Spider-Man both three? Yeah. All right, so maybe they've got a, is Black Panther three? Yeah. All right, well, then maybe they got a chance of fixing this. Yeah, pretty good stretch of movies there between Thor and Iron Man three. You're giving consistently good scores. Now it's it's been a rough patch. You know what? I was actually thinking too because I was it's been a while since we recorded and I always have to fiddle with my grades. I think bump Iron Man three up to a B instead of a B minus. It's a it's a pretty all right movie. Okay, okay, okay. Like the more I remember it, I like remember it more fondly. Maybe that's just me forgetting the parts of it I didn't like. But I don't know. Yeah, let's 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 bump that sucker up a, a third of a grade. Anyway, do we have uh, questions, Crystal? Yeah, let's get some. Let me open the question document. You can send questions to MCU Complete Me at gmail.com or just follow Twitter on Chris on Twitter at just follow Crystal on Twitter at Arcane Crystal and keep an eye out for when she asks for questions. See, let's knock out some Twitter cues. These ones are about Ant Man. Okay. Ellen asks, "How would you rate the ants in this movie?" You know, those ants seemed all right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like him. They look ugly. CG was bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it wasn't the best. It was okay. Jacob asks, how much of the final film do you think can be attributed to Edgar Wright? Do you think you like it more or less if Wright had directed? I think it is literally impossible to say how much of the final film you can attribute to anybody in particular. Um, my guess would be not that much, other than like basic story beats, maybe. I think I probably... I think it would have been worse. I think it would have been better, but you know, we didn't really get into it on that episode, but... I, there's a great movies I don't like, but on average, I think I like him as a director. And I really like Hot Fuzz and World's Ed. Ty asks, who's the director most likely to actually make the horny size play Ant-Man movie We the People today? <laughs> Gosh, who can say? All right, so related to the last thing, I have no idea. I don't know where you would have even heard this. I saw someone saying that one of the rumors is that one of the reasons Edgar Wright got fired is because he wanted it to be hornier and more size play. So maybe that's where that uh, that dance scene comes from. Maybe that's the Edgar Wright touch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, it's been a long time since there's been a good size play movie. I mean, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman is an old movie. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Get out there, Hollywood. Find find someone to blaze the new trail for size play film. Let's move on. <laughs> Lexi asks, will you be collaborating with the host of trailing behind to discuss the ants hambone teaser trailer i mean we can talk to them and see i would be willing to do that that'd be fun yeah that's a good trailer yeah the good good host of that podcast trailing behind at hans zimmer vivo or hyenacackle.com they're friends of the show noah asks hey guys noah here just wanted to ask about your comments in the venom episode if you like venom the movie that much and you think they did that good job on the movie you should be really fucking excited for carnage to be the main villain hopefully in venom 2 if not carnage who would you have picked to be villain in the next venom movie love the show sent for my iphone yeah uh i I definitely i think carnage will be fun especially if they make him keep wearing that stupid ass wig uh 
I don't know what villains are like on the table that Sony would be allowed to pick from. Spider-Man. Just any Spider-Man? Or you're saying you want Spider-Man to be the villain? Yeah, that would be very good. Let's have a movie where Peter Parker like legitimately uh, betrays Eddie Brock. Yeah, I don't really remember what Eddie Brock's beef was in Spider-Man 3. It was he faked a picture of Spider-Man and Peter Parker's like, you fake this, I can prove it. And he gets fired for it, which I think is fair. Yeah, that seems fair. That's a real, that's a real Hawkeye move. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, what if, okay, who would you want to play Spider-Man in Venom 2 Spider-Man fight? Tom Holland. Okay, this is exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Now, would you want it to be in continuity with the MCU? Absolutely. Oh, see, I absolutely don't want it to be because I want to set up for a live action Spider-Verse movie where two Tom Hollands have to hang out together. Toby Maguire. Oh my God, if they got Toby, just do a movie Spider-Verse where it's, you have like a new actor playing that Spider-Man, but then it opens up the Spider-Verse and Tom Holland and Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield all fall through a portal and they're all in the same movie. Give me this, please. Ruth asks, do you think Marvel is filled with cowards unwilling to take a hard ideological stance on issues raised by their movies? I don't know if it's filled with cowards. I think the people that get the final say on stuff are definitely cowards. My answer is yes. Like, I'm not going to speak to the, you know, personal, you know, opinions of every single person that works there. But yeah, the people that get to write the checks are fucking cowards. Yes. I think I called them chicken shits in the uh, Winter Soldier episode. I stand by that. Lore asks, Hey, sorry to send this in a fair while after the Venom app, but I've been trying to read some of the comics lately, and it's come to my attention that in the comics, Eddie almost exclusively refers to Venom using names such as Darling, oh. Dearest, oh. and Love. I was wondering if one or both of you might be willing to say some of these words in your movie Eddie Brock impressions. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lore. Sent with Proton Mail secure email. <laughs> I'm sick, so this is going to be even worse than usual. But, yeah, let me try. Hey, you want some tater tots, darling? Hey, how's the chocolate, dearest? Hey, hey sweetie, pie, you want to go bite a head off? I love you, Venom. <laughs> hey, Venom, you want to go fuck in the backyard? Ooh, we're on a break. <laughs> you win. Uh, Maltesh asks... So, what do you think Tony would have done if Spider-Man had been maimed or killed in the airport fight? He presumably got some kind of permission from Aunt May to take Peter out of the country on short notice. But probably not to fight an escaped Hydra brainwashed assassin terrorist at the Berlin airport. Yeah, that would have been a rough one for him. I have a very good idea of what he would have done. Yeah, what's that? He would have made a clone of Peter Parker. You think so, yeah? You think he'd go that far? Yeah, and it would have started the Clone Wars. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. No, but I think one of the interesting things about that fight is that with the exception of uh, T'Challa wanting to kill Bucky, no one in it actually wants to seriously hurt anyone else. Like, they're all pulling their punches. That is true. So I think he probably would have trusted Steve and his gang to not kill Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, I kind of got the sense that that was why he picked Peter, that he needed he needed a human shield to throw at Tony, or to throw at Steve, rather. Right, and Peter has webs, which are good for, you know, disabling people without hurting them too bad. But yes, he would have cloned him. Now that's the end of our questions. Where can people find you online, Luke? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find a bunch of other shows I do at AudioEntropy.com, like Let's Place, uh, Totally Reprise, Teenagers with Attitude. There's a whole slew of them. Uh, you can, on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Central, go to bit.ly slash silverpines and watch Silver Pines, which is a, a tabletop RPG that I GM and a bunch of audio entropy people are playing. It's a good time. How about you, Crystal? You find me at Arcane Crystal on Twitter, on uh, patreon.com slash Arcane Crystal, on the Let's Plays podcast where you and me and Chelsea and guests 
scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality on the Book of Medora podcast where we talk about Zelda lore. Do you want to hear a Captain America joke? Uh, no, but go ahead. You think that now that he's like a fugitive, everyone's going to be like, Captain America, more like Captain Awerica. Because like they don't, because they don't know like where he is. So like Captain Awerica. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> This comes from funkidsjokes.com slash superhero jokes. What was Captain America when he was younger? What? Well, I don't know, Crystal. What was Captain America when he was younger? Oh, boy. (laughs) Lieutenant America. (laughs) All right. But you understand that is your last chance at a Captain America joke, right? So that's it. We're done. That's all the Captain America jokes you ever get to make. Yeah, that's the last one. What a winner to go out on. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. In Rome today, 116 nations agreed to an environmental protection treaty. In a brief statement after the signing, President Kimball asked that we remember the many people who have gallantly sacrificed all to make our world a better place to live. The President closed his statement with this odd message. To Captain America, wherever he is, we're all back in the fight. Gotta keep it going out